A couple of years ago, I was at a meeting in Johannesburg in South Africa when a young man from Uganda said something that has remained with me profoundly ever since. Now, as is often the case with such things, what he said was actually very simple. It was a simple, obvious truth. And yet, I have thought of it many, many times since, and it has made me examine and re-examine in a profound way how I see others, how others see me, and even how I see myself. There were about 30 people at the meeting, and apart from myself and one or two others, they were all Africans. Most of them were living in South Africa, but only about half were actually from South Africa. The others had moved, or in some cases fled, to South Africa from other African countries. And again, apart from myself and one or two others, they were all black Africans. And at one point, this young man from Uganda was speaking. He was telling us his story, or at least part of his story. And despite the fact that his story was sad and terrifying, he spoke eloquently and calmly. He was a young gay man, and Uganda, a country which has at various times been convulsed by a murderous hysteria over homosexuality, can be a dangerous and terrifying place for a young gay man. And he had been forced to flee for his life when his name and photograph, along with almost a hundred others, was published in a newspaper beneath a headline calling for them to be murdered, which is how he came to be in South Africa. But it was something else that he said almost in passing, really, that has remained with me. He said, he never felt black until he came to South Africa. It's a really simple statement, and one that immediately elicited nods of agreement and murmurs of recognition from many others in the room. Gay people, we're often asked, when did you first know you were gay? And we often respond, only half-jokingly, when did you first know you were straight? And that usually stumps you. Um, and of course it does. Why would you have even thought about it? I might as well ask a young man from Uganda, when did he first know he was black? And oddly, conversely, we're also often asked, why do you have to make everything about being gay? And usually, to be blunt, the honest answer is, we don't. You make everything about us being gay. Though occasionally, the honest answer is also, because we have to. See, I suspect that categorizing, labeling, boxing, sorting is part of the human condition. We do it so our brains won't explode. You know, thousands of years ago, we roamed the savannah with our small tribe and knew each one by grunt. You know, there's Uncle Fast Runner with a temper. There's Sister Big Sharp Teeth, Big Left Boob. <laughs> How are you, Cousin Wonky Eye, who likes cave decorating and fellas? <laughs> <laughs> and they were our whole world. They were the whole world, as far as we knew. And we knew all of them as individuals, each with their own particular individual collection of traits and talents and foibles and differences. And we probably never even thought of them as our tribe until one day we saw another tribe on the opposite riverbank and spent two hours grunting abuse at them because they were weird-looking. I mean, they didn't even have their faces painted orange with magic beaver crap. <laughs> oh, I didn't mention the orange beaver crap. I guess it didn't seem all that important when I thought that everybody was painted with orange beaver crap. <laughs> when did you first know you were painted with orange beaver crap? <laughs> of course, today, we know we're not the only tribe. In fact, there are 7.7 billion of us on the planet. And if you have ever been to Supermax on Air Square in Galway on a Saturday night, 
you've seen about half of them. <laughs> and every day, we see more of them. You know, on the bus, on the street, TV, newspapers, the internet. You know, way too many to think of as unique individuals. And so, in an effort to try and not short-circuit our brains from overload, we try to simplify that task by categorizing, labeling, boxing, and reducing to single characteristics. Irish, culty, Latino. Asian, black, liberal, conservative, female, lesbian, disabled, posh, traveler, autistic, angry, junky, vegan, mattress mick. <laughs> But the problem is that apart from mattress mick, most of us don't get to choose our label. They're chosen for us. They're put upon us. You know, a defining characteristic is slapped on us, chosen by an outside observer who chose it from a myriad potential labels based only on what single characteristic was thrown into relief against the background. From their vantage point, but our background changes all the time. Sometimes, like a flickering Hollywood green screen, it changes in a split second, many times a day. You know, at home, you're a sister. With your mates, you're a laugh. In the classroom, you're dyslexic. On the register, you're a wheelchair user. To the council, you're a traveler. On the bus, you're queer. In Temple Bar, you're a faggot. You're a retard, a weirdo, a knacker, a black bastard. And every one of those feels. Restrictive, prescriptive, reductive, because maybe you are those things. Maybe you're proud of being those things, but you're so many other things too. In Uganda, you're gay. In South Africa, you're black. But at home, if you even think about it at all, you're gay and black, and 24, and handsome, and smart. The eldest of three, a Whitney Houston fan, but also a heavy metal fan, and a football player with a sweet tooth. And thank God, our goddess, for that. <laughs> Let's see.